Caution, the contents of this podcast may be historical, but they're still served piping hot. We're brewing up the classics here on the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. My name is Asa. And I'm Allison. Now you know it, you love it. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. Or the ABCs. Or Baba Black Sheep. Now you might have also heard that the famous Mozart wrote this piece. Well, sadly, you're wrong. But don't fear, dear listener, for the coffee house is here to tell you the whole truth about this masterpiece, so once again knowledge can prevail over ignorance. So, let's get to it. The music for this famous piece is actually a French popular song slash folk song that was dated to about the mid-1700s. The original title was A Voudrait de Maman, and this was essentially a nursery rhyme as well. So the translated lyrics are... Ah, shall I tell you, mother, what causes my torment? Father wants me to reason as an adult, but I say that sweets are better than reason. Now, imagine that in French, and then the words might actually fit the melody. (laughs) And this was actually first published in French in 1761. And after that, the melody gained wide fame across Europe... Thanks to Mozart. It's thought that he heard the melody when traveling to Paris in 1781. He then wrote the 12 variations we'll be looking at today. The work was published in Vienna in 1785. But Mozart's piece didn't contain any lyrics, French or otherwise. So the lovely English lyrics actually come from a poem called The Star that was written in 1806. And this was written by Jane Taylor as a commission, actually. Um, She and her sister Anne Taylor were well-regarded poets of English nursery rhymes, and their publisher actually commissioned them to write the book that the star was published in. Jane described her writing process as, quote, "...trying to conjure some child into my presence, address her suitably, as well as I am able, and when I begin to flag, I say to her... There, love, now you may go. Like some kind of witch or something. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Conjure the child into my presence. Conjure the child. (laughs) However, in the book, the star was not set to music. It seems that the music and words finally met in The Singing Master, Volume 3, First Class Tune Book. Basically a music theory book edited by William Edward Hickson, circa around the 1840s. And then, of course, the alternative lyrics of Baba Black Sheep actually first appeared in Tommy Thumb's Pretty Songbook in 1744. Obviously, this is before our melody actually gained popularity. This was just the words. We finally saw the pairing of lyrics and music in 1879 in the book Illustrated National Nursery Songs and Games by A.H. Rosewig. So there you have it, a folk tune turned nursery rhyme turned high classical masterpiece 
turned nursery rhyme, turned nursery rhyme again. <laughs> oh my goodness. But of course, here on the coffee house, we're interested in its classical manifestation. And so we will now turn to Mr. Mozart's 12 variations. So first we have the initial melody. However, even here it's dressed up a little, with trills and appoggiaturas that are not normally included in the nursery rhyme. The first variation's feature is running 16th notes in the treble. How exciting! The second variation makes a grand entrance with the 16th notes now in the bass. However, unlike our previous variation, these 16th notes don't outline the melody. Rather, the melody is played straight in the upper voice and the 16th notes outline the harmony. There's also just a hint of chromaticism right at the end of the treble voice in the final downward phrase of the melody. Our next variation is triplets that outline the melody, and our bass line is pretty standard here as well. There are also stylistic differences in the way the triplets are played throughout the melody. At first, they are sharp and staccato, but in the middle, B section of the melody, they are played more legato or smoothly. And then in a similar pattern to our 16th note variations, the triplets are now taken down into the bass line for our fourth variation. Also, staccato and legato differences here as well, but it's reversed from the treble triplets had been. Now it's legato in the A section and staccato in the B section. On to the fifth variation. This is more sparse, like the twinkling of stars in the sky. The main melody is once again in the treble, but the associated harmony is disparate little arpeggiated notes. And it feels like there's almost a hint at a darker turn for the harmony as well, but alas, it's just some chromatic passing notes. And now we're back to running 16th notes. However, the melody itself is now chord-based rather than just a single note. In the B 
section, the hands actually, quote, switch parts as the running 16th notes wind their way up the keyboard, so the bass clef actually takes over the melody for just a quick second. Now on to another variation. In our previous running 16th notes versions, the 16th notes have tootled all over with neighboring tones alternating back and forth, or are in arpeggios. However, in our 7th variation, the running 16th notes just launch straight away at full force in an upward major scale. The melody isn't laid out as straightforwardly this time. But since we've had the harmonic changes drilled into our head by this point, it's almost like our brains are filling in the missing melodic notes for us. We still know that this is a variation that belongs to this piece. Now next for our eighth, count it, eighth variation, it's the famous theme and variations trick of putting the melody into minor. In this case, C minor, coming from C major. Again, there are some liberties taken with how strictly the original melody is followed, but again, our brains get the point. Next, this is almost a resetting of the theme for us. The original theme is actually laid out perfectly intact in the treble. However, to contribute to the harmony, the bass hand actually comes in two measures later with an echo. It's not a perfect round or canon, come on, it's not Baroque, but it gets <laughs> the effect across. <laughs> we get yet another dramatic entrance. The left hand strikes the first note of the melody, then sustains it, while the right hand takes off with 16th note embellishment that outline the melody again. variation, this one is a bit cheeky as the tempo is drastically reduced compared to the rest of the variations, and it almost sounds like the start of a different Mozart piano sonata at first. See if you can pick it out. still quick notes in the treble that are almost improvisatory, though. And there's also a little bit that slightly picks up the tempo with ompas in the bass. 
Again, much like a usually adagio movement of what would be a sonata. And finally, on to our 12th variation. This is the grand finale variation with essentially a recap of everything that was demonstrated prior to it. There's 16 notes in the bass in decoration and chords of the melody in the treble. with some upward scales and a nice strong final C major cadence. variations on twinkle twinkle little star now allison <laughs> if i got up on stage and told an audience that i would be playing variations on twinkle twinkle little star how hard do you think i'd be laughed off uh well i think it depends on the crowd if it's a crowd of classical musicians probably pretty hard because they would know <laughs> that's not the name of the piece <laughs> indeed you know something something i just thought that i just had i feel like mozart might have with this piece a great career as one of those YouTubers, classical music YouTuber pianists that just like take a really simple melody and like over the course of a three minute video, just embellish it and variate upon it to an almost absurd degree. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I think at the end, most of those are basically computer generated and unplayable by a real person. Exactly. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was also thinking of the ones that like are computer generated and just have like pictures of the scrolling piano notes and stuff. Mm -hmm. Mozart, Mozart could have made quite the career as a YouTuber, I think. I guess knowing Mozart, he probably would have made quite a career as a YouTuber. I think he would have really been a sensation in our time. Would he have been the best classical composer turned YouTuber? Or is there another classical composer that you think would have been a better one? I really think Mozart was it. He was really? such a little scoundrel. He a was kind scamp. of a little scoundrel. Yeah. Because you think, I mean, you think of serious composers. Like, Wagner never would have made it on YouTube. He would never have released videos that were algorithmically length appropriate. And so he never would have gotten any visibility. <laughs> No, he'd be like the like serious like theatrical producer. He sets out like documentaries every ten years or something. Yeah. Which well those are great. Like I've I've subscribed to some channels that, you know, release forty five minute documentaries on the history of some obscure plane. But, you know, they don't get featured in the algorithm often, and I think Wagner would complain about that. Oh, yes. He'd say, you have to like the video because you got to feed the algorithm. But, you know, we're doing this for the love of the art. It's not about mm -hmm. the algorithm. So thank you so much to my little niche of followers here. 
Exactly. Whereas Mozart, yes. he'd be out there like getting like record deals, signing mm-hmm. like autographs on the street. He'd Mozart's be Patreon would be lit. <laughs> yes, he would be absolute fire. The most famous classical music YouTuber. <laughs> now I think at this point we've spent about as much time talking about that as we just did talking about the theme and variations. We lost the plot a little bit. We did lose the plot a little bit, but if you've enjoyed our tangent or alternatively enjoyed the podcast before the tangent, please do consider subscribing to our podcast. Please consider liking and subscribing. Gosh, the YouTube chat just, the YouTube fan just runs deep here, doesn't it? Be sure to smash that like button. Be sure to smash that follow button. Share us with like-minded friends or colleagues. Uh, get in touch with us at our socials, if you would like as well. Yeah. Which you will hear shortly, because Allison's <laughs> the one that does the outro. For the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast, I'm Asa. And I'm Allison. Thank you so much for listening. Twelve Variations on A Vous Dreje Maman was performed by Stefano Ligarotti. You can find The Coffeehouse on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Email us at coffeehouseclassical at gmail.com.